Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Just getting rolling here on this Thursday night edition of Overtime. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. We'll take you up to 845 tonight, abbreviated edition of Overtime. As we got Tech Talk Live following myself, uh, they'll take you into Caps Hockey. The fellas continuing their West Coast roadie. They're on the road taking on the Anaheim Ducks. Face-off set for 10 p.m. Pre-game coverage gets rolling at 945 right here on the fan. Want to update you all on a story that broke Earlier this afternoon, first on the scene uh, was Josina Anderson of CBS Sports, and she was reporting uh, that Dallas police had issued a warrant for Bill's pass rusher Von Miller's arrest after he's being accused of felony battery or felony domestic violence uh, after allegedly getting into an altercation with a pregnant woman, the pregnant woman holding his child as his girlfriend and this is according to Josina Anderson as of about 20 minutes ago. She says, I'm told Bill's linebacker Von Miller has already departed the Glen Heights City Jail on a $5,000 bond posted by the Express Bail Bond in Dallas, Texas, per source. So we'll see what the National Football League decides to do in terms of any type of punishment for Von Miller. Um, I know in past situations, when it comes to domestic violence, you know, normally you want to let due process uh, play itself out before you hand down any type of punishment or suspension uh, to a player. But normally when the National Football League uh, has a player that's accused of domestic violence, you get put on the NFI list until further notice. And even if you ended up, you know, not getting proven guilty, you still face some sort of punishment. So I'm interested to see what happens with Von Miller. The Buffalo Bills absolutely reeling right now. They're on a bye before they come back next week and take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they'll be home for the Dallas Cowboys. They'll go at the Chargers, home for New England, and then at Miami to finish the season. Buffalo 6-6 six and six right now. I talked about this the other night on overtime. They're a very weird case study is how I would describe it. Talking about the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia right now, 6-6, six and six, but they're not your traditional 6-6 six and six football team. The Bills have lost each of their six games by six or fewer points. That's the most losses of six or fewer points in the National Football League. And then check this, check this out. Despite them being six and six, they have the fourth highest point differential in the entire NFL at plus 101. No other team has had a 100-plus point differential in six-plus losses through 12 games of a season in the Super Bowl era. So this 2023 Buffalo Bills team, special, but it feels like for all of the wrong reasons, Josh Allen leading the National Football League in interceptions. They fired their offensive coordinator earlier in the season, and we'll see what happens the rest of the way for the Buffalo Bills. I remember early on in the season, after they came to Washington and absolutely just broke their foot up, foot off in our ass, man. It was was a tough loss that we suffered. It felt like the Bills were on the fast track to the AFC title game, or to the Super Bowl. And right now, they're on the outside looking in in terms of the AFC playoff picture at 6-6. Six and six. So we'll see what happens down the stretch for Josh Allen's squad. I told you all I wanted to talk a little bit of college football uh, here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. So every year, uh, Sports Illustrated goes out and awards someone their sports person of the year. And over the years, we've seen guys like Stephen Curry, win this award. Pat Mahomes has won this award. LeBron James has won this award. And it's interesting. I still don't understand 
what the qualifications are for a sports person of the year, right? It's kind of similar to MVP in the National Football League, right? The best player, let's use NBA for an example. LeBron James could probably win MVP every damn year. But you want to reward other guys and you want to reward other great performances throughout the season. With Sports Illustrated in this award in particular, if you are the sports person of the year, it means you, to me, how I take it is you are the person in sports that had the biggest impact on the game during the year. So that obviously leaves us with a lot of very deserving candidates for this award. Lionel Messi uh, moving to the MLS, coming off the World Cup. That was huge and transcendent and really got everyone's attention, no matter if you were a soccer fan or not. Uh, women's college basketball with Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and how you know influential they were in getting all these eyes on women's college basketball this year. I think they were you know very deserving of the award. Novak Djokovic, three or four you know men's tennis grand slams, all worthy candidates. Shohei Otani with what he did this year. You know I know he had his season cut short with injury, but Shohei a transcendent athlete right now. It went. To Colorado Buffalo's head coach, Deion Sanders, though. And I'll be honest, I I think Deion is fully deserving of this award. The reason I wanted to bring it up, I've never seen so much backlash over this particular award. Honestly, I I gave you some past winners of the award. It's not something that I pay attention to, right? I'm not a big awards guy in terms of pro sports. I used to love the ESPYs growing up. Good comedy. You get to see all your favorite celebrities and athletes hang out with each other. But awards aren't my thing. But with Dion winning this award, when I, first of all, it's crazy how it kind of happened to me this morning. As I'm scrolling on Twitter about 9 o'clock this morning, I see, I follow Sports Illustrated. um, And I saw the post that Dion Sanders uh, was going to be awarded with the Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. And I saw that. And then as I continue to scroll up, People start quote-tweeting it. People start commenting on it. It gets his retweets. People giving their flowers, showing love. But then there was this portion of fans on social media, and I don't even want to just call it fans. There were media pundits. Some of my colleagues even spoke on this. People were so upset that Deion Sanders won this award. And I understand the criticism and why people are upset. I do. I do, because I'm not, I'm not that type of dude. I understand... Both sides of the coin, so to speak. This is a 4-8 and football team that Deion Sanders was the head coach of. They were one of the worst defenses in the nation, allowing 453 yards per game and 35 points a game. And their offense, after getting off to a rocking start, kind of nosedived in the final month of the season. They failed to score 20 points in four of their final five games. So it's not like, from a football standpoint, it was all peaches and roses for Colorado, but whenever we talk about the Buffaloes and whenever we talk about Deion Sanders, context, to me, is so, so important. Because I don't really give a damn how Colorado finished the season. I I really don't. I can care less. I have never, and I could be speaking in, I'm not going to say I'm speaking in hyperbole, but I'm 25, I haven't seen, 26, I haven't seen a lot. But I have never seen someone come in and turn around a program the way Deion Sanders did with this Colorado Buffaloes football team. I've never seen anything like it before. Let's just look at it from a football standpoint. Just from a football standpoint, there are 131 teams in Division I FBS college football. Last year, the 2022 Colorado Buffaloes were 127th out of 131 eligible teams in terms of points per game. They scored 15 points a game last year. They were dead last in the country, 131st out of 131 eligible teams in terms of opponent points per game. They gave up 44.5 points per game last year. Deion Sanders, in less than a calendar year, completely turned this program on its head. They were 1-11 last year. I just read you out the numbers. They were historically bad. This year... They finish with a record of 4-8, and eight, but I don't even want to focus on the finish because we know how the game of football works. Attrition happens. Guys get hurt. 
blase, blase. They kicked off the season on the road in hostile territory. It completely kicked TCU's ass, the team that played in the national title a year ago. 45-42 win, and all eyes were on Colorado. Colorado was the talk of college football. I'm not even, admittedly, I'm not even the biggest college football fan. I'm tuning in every Saturday night to pay attention to Dion. You and the listeners out there were tuning in every weekend because of Dion. You could say he's polarizing. I feel like that word sometimes has a negative connotation around it. Damn what he did for the Colorado Buffaloes football program. I think the casual football fan was watching college football and watching the Buffaloes this year just because of Dion. And for that reason, I understand why Sports Illustrated named him the sports person of the year. I get that. But, like, what he did, despite them going 4-8, and eight, what he did, this is like paradigm-shifting, precedent-shattering work. Like, this is unlike anything we've ever seen before. It really is. He affected that Colorado community. He affected the university outside of the football program. Applications skyrocketed. They sold out every football game at home for the first time in school history. And this is a Colorado program that's been around for a long, long time. And I got this number from the Washington Post. It is estimated that Colorado's first four home games, and this number is staggering. You're going to pass out if you're like me. Colorado's first four home games added $77.8 million to the city's economy. So, so damn the impact that he's having on just the football program. He came in there and really shifted an entire community's mindset. He, he brought that group together. I think it's amazing. He deserves to be, you know, celebrated for it. It just frustrates me to no end, man. Like, how can you hate on what Dion is doing? And we had these discussions all year long, back and forth, going and saying, like, whether it's right or not, all the players that he got via the transfer portal. And I know people out there have their differing opinions on college football and the impact of the portal. But, like, man, Dion didn't do anything that none of these other Power Five coaches are, are doing. So, like, let's chill on him. But I look at it big picture on what could be next for the university and the program. They had a couple of guys decommit here in the past week, but they're about two recruiting classes away. If they could keep their core intact, they're about two recruiting classes away from being one of the top teams in college football. Now, it all depends on whether or not Deion Sanders is actually going to stay there or not. Uh, there's a lot of talk about whether he'll leave for another Power 5 job or whether the National Football League may end up calling Deion Sanders. But just in terms of his impact on the University of Colorado and all of college football, I, we got to stop talking about it in the context of just Colorado. The impact that he had on college football as a whole, I don't think we've seen anything like it. And for that reason, the good folks at Sports Illustrated awarded Deion Sanders, Colorado Buffalo's head coach, their sports person of the year. And despite what all the haters on Twitter say, I think he's damn deserving. I think he's damn deserving. The one thing I will say that I kind of got annoyed by, the whole Shador Sanders doing the, the, the Shador flashing the watch. Come on. Come on. Love you doing it. But there were, I forgot what game I was watching. Was it against Washington State? Absolutely getting your doors blown off. You can't be flashing your watch in front of the student section when you're down 21 points, Shador. You got to have better self-awareness than that, man. Speaking of Shador, I'm curious to see what happens uh, this offseason and whether or not he declares for the NFL draft. It's crazy. We were talking draft talk. It was a Tuesday night on overtime. And I said it then, I'll say it now. It's embarrassing that as a Commanders fan, we have to be talking draft right now here in the final week of November. But I'm curious to see who actually declares. There's talk about Caleb Williams and maybe he'll stay in school. Uh, there's talk about Shador Sanders and whether or not he'll stay one more year at Colorado to ensure he's the number one pick next year. So a lot of interesting stuff going on. When I look big picture, though, here at the next 
five weeks for the Washington Commanders. Said it on Tuesday night. The draft, the offseason, the next 12 months is going to be super important. Impatience is the number one thing that this fan base needs to exude. I know we were going all over the place here. We're talking Colorado. Now we're talking Commanders. Brought up Washington because if Shador Sanders decides to stay in college football and doesn't declare, we still may have four or five quarterbacks go in the first round. And it leads to the discussion that we're going to have here for the next couple of months. What will Washington do with their first draft pick? Speaking of the Washington Commanders, we'll talk more about the burgundy and gold on the other side of this break. Commanders majority owner Josh Harris took the mic earlier today. He spoke uh, at the Sports Business Journal's Dealmakers Conference and touched on a bevy of different topics, including where a potential stadium could be for the Washington Commanders. We'll read you some of those quotes next. Here on the- How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 1067 The Fan. We are always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge of movement, Linnell Willingham. We'll take you up to 845 tonight before we hand things over to Tech Talk Live. We get to talk a little hokies tonight. Big time jam pack lineup on the fan tonight. Following myself, you have Tech Talk Live immediately following me, and then Caps Hockey. On the fan tonight as well. The boys in red winners of six out of their last eight. Getting some good goaltender from Charlie Lindgren. Ended that winning streak of the LA Kings the other night. So, Coach Carbs Bunch playing really good hockey. Face-off tonight set for 10 p.m. Pre-game coverage gets rolling to 945 right here on the fan. I want to talk a little bit of burgundy and gold. It's crazy because about a week ago, about a week ago today, uh, the Washington Commanders got absolutely spanked on national television by their arch rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. And I felt like last Thursday I said something that I had said two weeks prior. This is rock bottom. When you lose to Tommy DeVito at home in a game that you must win, it's rock bottom. When you get embarrassed 45-10 to 10 on national TV against the Dallas Cowboys, it feels like rock bottom. Then, Washington, the very next day, at about 11 or 12 o'clock Eastern time on Black Friday, announced that they were going to part ways with defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and defensive backs coach Brett Wieselmeyer. And it was a whole big thing. Ron Rivera released a statement. And then owner Josh Harris released a statement. And some of the wording in that statement, very interesting to me. It was the recommendation of head coach Ron Rivera And Josh Harris simply followed the recommendation. I bring all that up because with five games left to go in the season, we could debate whether or not that move is going to have impact or not. But it did kind of feel like a desperation move for Ron Rivera, almost the too little, too late kind of scenario. 
But the wording of the letter that was released from Josh Harris was interesting to me because it really is phrased like, and this is probably honestly what happened. Like Josh Harris is, is all ears in terms of Ron Rivera. He's still got the complete runway to do whatever he feels is best for this team here in the final five weeks. And he's had that autonomy all year long. It's a, interesting dynamic between the two parties because coming into the situation, all we continue to hear is that Josh Harris was going to give Ron and this coaching staff the entire year, no matter what. Now, no one could have projected this team losing on Thursday night football uh, to the Chicago bears. No one could have could have projected a 45 to 10 loss at home to the Buffalo bills. No one could have projected you losing to Tommy DeVito at home. You get what I'm saying here? So, I do I do give some credit uh, to Josh Harris, and I know fans out there are upset because it felt like Ron should have been fired as well. But one thing that I had to remind myself of, honestly, because I'm a fan just like you guys are. I'm passionate. I'm piped up about the team. I care. We got to remind ourselves, though, as fans, man, look, we want to make this job, and we want this job, to be as attractive as possible for the next suitor. And with Josh Harris giving Ron Rivera and this staff the entire year, no matter what, you know what that shows to a prospective head coaching candidate? You know what that shows to a prospective GM candidate? You will have time to do the job no matter what. Because let's call a spade a spade. We're in a situation right now with Ron that it's very clear he's probably not the best guy to do the job moving forward. But Josh can let him finish out the season anyway and let him prove himself to the very end. I think there's something to say about that. I think that's important. I think that matters. Josh Harris is just a sharp guy. And that's that's what I've taken away here. Him and the entire ownership group. Smart cats. So much so, Josh and I believe Mark Iron were invited to the Sports Business Journal's Dealmakers Conference earlier today, and I wanted to go through uh, some interesting quotes that Josh Harris had. Um, One quote that kind of is relevant to what we were talking about right now, the actual on-field product. One quote from Josh Harris at the conference, he says, what we want to do is create a culture in Washington where the players in the NFL say, quote, this is where we want to play. That's why I think you have to be measured with what you do, what we're trying to accomplish is we want elite teams that consistently compete for championships. And with all the noise and all the distractions around this team this year, at the end of the day, that's the end goal. That's what this is all for, right? Is to put together and put on the field a product that is consistently going to compete for Lombardi's. That's all we want. This is a rich, proud Franchise that's got a lot of history and tradition behind it. Three Super Bowls, litany of Hall of Famers. That's that's what Josh is trying to recreate here. And I look at this scenario, and I look at this current situation, and I say, look, with what you have left in the season, five games, nothing that you do in terms of making changes to the staff, nothing that you do is really going to impact wins and losses to me at this point. It's just not not how I look at it right now. I just don't. Some other quotes from Josh Harris uh, at the Sports Business Journal's Dealmakers Conference. This one really kind of caught my attention. Josh Harris said, among ownership's priorities in year one was to engage with football operations. He then added, Obviously, all of us are disappointed by the performance on the field. We're focused on that and want to finish the season strong. Anyone who was confused, myself included, about what this year was about with the Josh Harris ownership group, he laid it out for you right there. Engage with football operations, meaning check the temperature, see what's going on. Survey the landscape. Get your own opinion about how the current people in charge 
are running the organization. Because if you just listen to us as fans, <laughs> woof, you might as well have fired him at seasons at the start of the season. You know, you might as well have not even brought him here to coach the team this year. That's obviously not the way pro sports works. Josh Harris, to me, extended Ron and Olive Branch and said, do what, it, what you want. Now, obviously, this team is 4-8, and eight, and they haven't won enough. But I want to go back to something Ron said in August, and I slammed him for it. I called it one of the most – it, it was a statement that I will say that lacked testosterone. Wow, this is another quote that just came out uh, from Josh Harris from that Sports Business Journal's Dealmakers Conference. And this is very, very damning. Quote, it's a long journey. There are no shortcuts to the top. There are shortcuts to the middle. You want to be 8-8? Eight and eight? I can get you there quickly. 8-8-1? Eight, eight and one? You want to be great? There are no shortcuts. Woof! So when I hear Josh Harris say that, 8-8-1 eight, eight and one seems like a direct shot. Uh, this exact regime, they went 8-8-1. Eight, eight <laughs> so, I don't know, man. It seems like the writing's on the wall for Ron Rivera, but we knew coming in what type of executive and owner Josh Harris was going to be, exuding patience. And I think with that quote right there, Josh Harris tells you straight up, it's a long journey. says it in the opening sentence. It's a long journey. And this is kind of what I was hitting on the other night. It is hard for us as fans to be asked to exude more patience, especially if you're in the older demographic, 35-plus, who saw the championship runs in the 90s. Because the 2000s have sucked for you. One playoff win. One playoff win. In 17 years. It's very hard to ask the fan base to have patience when those are your results. But I promise you all, and I guess I better be careful saying I promise because, look, Josh Harris and company are on the clock, baby. Whoever they bring in, they're getting judged right away. But I, I will say this. This is a ton of reason for optimism in terms of this franchise moving forward, and I, honest to God, feel like Josh Harris and company are the right people to be in charge of this thing. Love what he said. There are no shortcuts. When you want to be great, you can't skip steps. Which is why the next five weeks, <laughs> you can't just, this ain't Madden, right? You can't hit the start button and you simulate to the offseason to re-signing people. But we're not there yet. There is so much to dissect and comb through here in these next five weeks with this football team. Number one being the kid under center, Sam Howe. The next five weeks to me, most importantly, is about proving or finding out whether what he has moving forward, what he is moving forward. And that's that's going to be hard to judge because it's not something that's simply going to be based on wins and losses. But let's let's call it what it is, right? Washington's got five games left. If they go four and one or three and two down the stretch, odds are Sam Howell probably played damn good football. Now, on the same token, they go 0 and 5 down the stretch. It isn't a guarantee that he played bad. See what I'm saying here? This is why context matters. This is why I'm going to be watching the next five games like a madman. I'll be grinding the all 22. I'll dissect every throw that Sam Howell has because it matters at this point. It matters. And we'll get into this a little bit later on in the show. You know what? Let's get into it next. Because I do think the next five weeks is uber critical for Sam Howell, but it's uber critical for Eric Bieniemy as well. I'll tell you next why here on The Fan. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listed Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham. We'll take you up to 845 tonight here on this abbreviated edition of Overtime. Before we dish things over to Tech Talk Live, we got Caps Hockey tonight on The Fan as well. Fellas continuing their West Coast road trips. Make sure you keep it locked on the fan all night long. Make sure you tap into Thursday Night Football as well. Westwood One's coverage gets rolling on our sister station, the Team 980, uh, coming up at about 8.30 as well. So there's plenty of good radio tonight uh, for the common folks out there in the world that love sports. I 
gave out the number to the listener line. 1-800-636-1067 for a reason. I want to take some calls here coming up. I said it before we went into the last break. Something I've really been saying for about a month. The final five weeks of the season, and at that point it was seven or eight games, but right now, on November 30th, 2023, the final five games of the regular season for the Washington Commanders is all about figuring out what you have in quarterback Sam Howe. That's it, that's all. Because there are so many different scenarios that could play out here over the next couple of months as we get geared up for the offseason and free agency and the draft and hiring a GM and a head coach. There's just so many items on the honey-do list for Josh Harris and company. But number one is figuring out what you have under center with Sam Howell. That's it. Now, the next five weeks, uber important for Sam. They're also super important for Eric Bieniemy. Kind of the forgotten man, it feels like. Forgotten, but not really. Because we talk about him, but just not in the light that I think we should. Eric Bieniemy this year has guided this offense to a 4-8 and eight start. But, and there's a huge but, but they've made significant improvements in terms of what they were last year. They've made significant improvements within the 12 games this year. I gave you these numbers the other night on overtime. I'll run them by you one more time. Last year, under the stewardship of Scott Turner as the offensive coordinator, Washington, 20th in the NFL in terms of yards per game. This year, under Eric Bieniemy's direction, up six spots at 14th. Last year, they were 28th in yards per play. They're up nine spots this year at 19th in yards per play. The red zone numbers are way up. The first downs are way up. The third down conversion percentage is way up. So there's no question that Eric Bieniemy has been a positive for this Washington Commanders football team. No question about it. But how positive has he actually been? And I'm not saying that to say I'm like trying to crap on EB or trying to throw shade at him. I'm asking a genuine question. How good has he actually been? Because like I said, Washington, at the end of the day, is 4-8. and And they don't score enough points. It's a very nuanced discussion we're going to have to have here over the next five weeks in terms of what we want to happen with the staff. Now, I haven't officially drawn my line in the sand because I said I would give myself all of the time allowed to make a decision. We got five weeks left, but I can kind of tell you which way I'm leaning. What I'm leaning towards right now, call me crazy, Depending on how the next five weeks go, if Sam Howell continues to show progress, if Sam Howell continues to grow and show signs of clearly being the guy moving forward, I would want things to go like this. First, Josh Harris has to hire a general manager. And then Josh and that general manager will then hire a head coach. And then that head coach should have the autonomy to put his staff together the way he pleases. If Sam plays well and the offense plays well down the stretch here for the next five weeks, I'm going to want that head coach to be a defensive-minded head coach. (gasps) What? Yes, a defensive-minded head coach. And here's why. If Sam Howell and this Eric Bieniemy-led offense performs down the stretch. I want to keep these two together. The best way I think you could do that is by making Biennemi the offensive coordinator moving forward. How do you do that? You hire a defensive-minded head coach. See, I don't want to uproot all of the progress that Sam Howell has made this year. To me, if you really believe in him as your guy moving forward, he's attached to Eric Bieniemy. They're inseparable to me. I don't think it's fair to Sam. I don't think it's fair to the fans. 
to completely uproot all of the growth and development that's happened this year. And if you make him learn a third offense in three years, I think that's what you're doing. Straight up. Now, some of you are saying, well, why don't you just make Eric Bieniemy the head coach? See, optics is why I would say that. Optics is why I would say that. Would it, would it really make sense to hire Eric Bieniemy as the head coach when he's the offensive coordinator of a bad football team? And I understand the offense isn't the reason why they're 4-8, and eight, but they've had their inconsistencies. See, he's under contract already for next year as the offensive coordinator. So you give him another year with Sam. You see what they can do with improved personnel which you'll do via the draft and via free agency, see what they'll do. And next year at season's end, you assess and put both of them on the clock. You'll then have enough data to figure out whether or not Sam is going to be a guy you lock up to a long-term extension. And you'll figure out what Eric Bieniemy is as a coach because you'll have two seasons now with him as the play caller working with Sam Howell. And then everyone gets to ride off into the sunset. EB will probably get a head coaching job somewhere. And then you keep this offensive staff in place. And then when EB departs, you don't have to uproot your offense. You can elevate quarterbacks coach to Vita Pritchard. You can maybe elevate Ken Zampezi and allow things to remain the same. Continuity to me is so important when we talk about young quarterbacks. And to me, based on how Sam plays down the stretch, I think you got to give him that. That's why I want a defensive-minded head coach. Because I think that's the easiest path to keeping EB here. Now, obviously, you could say, well, why don't you just make him the head coach? I, I don't know if I want EB to be the head coach. I, I honestly don't know. I'm all in favor of it. But if you were tapped in overtime Tuesday night, you heard the audio we played from our own Grant Paulson. There are some folks within the locker room, allegedly, that maybe wouldn't be pounding the table for EB to be the head coach. The quote that was used was some players wish Ron would take back some of the power that he gave Eric Bieniemy. But y'all know my stance on that. When you're a four and eight football team that hasn't finished over 500 in consecutive years, what, what say do you really have? Why does your word mean more than the only guy on the staff with hardware and pedigree? It's just, it's a joke to me. It's a joke to me. And I hope the players that are complaining aren't here moving forward. I don't give a damn who it is. That's just how I'm rocking at this point in time in terms of Eric Bieniemy. I want to open up the phones, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Would you have an issue with Washington hiring another defensive-minded head coach moving forward? You just are coming off of the Ron Rivera era, defensive-minded head coach. You struggle to find a quarterback with that defensive-minded head coach. But it seems like right now, depending on how the final five games go, that you got one long-term at Sam Howell. To keep Eric Bieniemy here is why I'm saying do it. Would you mind the Josh Harris ownership group hiring a defensive-minded head coach? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll take your calls. Plus, I'll give you some candidates, some defensive-minded head coach candidates that I want to see interviewed. Plus, we'll let you hear a little bit of Eric Bieniemy at the podium this afternoon, and I'll tell you why I'm a little bit upset with some of the members of this Washington Commanders beat. All that and more next here on The Fan. is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Want to take your calls here. Question pretty simple. Would you mind if the Josh Harris ownership group hired a defensive-minded head coach? I just laid out why I'm all in favor of it. I wanted to give you all some candidates, though. Uh, for that defensive-minded head coach here as well. But when you look at what Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell have been able to accomplish over the first 12 weeks of the season, if they finish out strong, I would have a really tough time 
separating those two. I would have a really tough time asking Sam Howell to start from ground zero all over again in terms of learning another offense. So my solution, obviously the Josh Harris ownership group, you're going to first go out and hire a general manager. Then that general manager will hire a head coach. I hope that head coach is a defensive-minded guy so that Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell can stay together with their offensive coordinator quarterback relationship. I want to keep the whole quarterback room exactly the same. I want to keep the whole offensive staff exactly the same. Honestly. I know you all are saying, well, man, they haven't been flawless on the year. Why do you why do you not want to make any changes? Cuz what y'all don't understand as a fan base and I struggle with this myself. Continuity matters in the National Football League. It just does. Continuity matters in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position. How many times do we see guys drafted in the top five at quarterback and it just doesn't work out? You can have the most talented quarterback prospect in the world. Fit and continuity matter. Now with Sam... Right? Clearly, clearly what he's got going with EB is working. I read you all the numbers and showed you the improvements that they've made offensively compared to what they were a year ago. And you can make the argument, you can make the argument that they're doing it with worse offensive line play. Because I think last I think last year's offensive line was worse than this. I mean, they're both bad groups. But look at it for what it is. I said it back in August when talking about Sam Howell and the performance of this offense. It is going to be about process than it is game-by-game results. The process is more important to me than the game-by-game results. And as we sit here on November 30th, 2023, Sam Howell a lot closer to looking like the guy than not being the guy. So for me, keep everything the same offensively. Allow him to grow and develop. Because guess what? You got buku cap space and a ton of draft capital this offseason for you to go out and build this roster around Sam Howell. Look up the road in Philly. Jalen Hurts is the most insulated quarterback in the National Football League. Best offensive line, hell of a defense, best one-two punch at receiver in the league. He got it going on. Washington has the same opportunity this offseason to build around Sam Howell in that capacity. And I think the way that it works the best is if you keep Eric Bieniemy. So if you hire a defensive-minded coach, first of all, about Neil Greenberg of the Washington Post, did an article earlier this week highlighting the high hit rate and the high success rate when hiring offensive-minded head coaches. Now that's not to say that a defensive, defensive-minded head coach won't work. There are teams right now in the National Football League that have defensive-minded head coaches, and it seems like seems like it's going pretty well. The Houston Texans, with D'Amico Ryans in year one, has come in and completely transcended that locker room. It's got them bought in and believing in themselves, and they're probably the most injured team in the National Football League, yet they continue to punch above their weight class. I look at Harbaugh in Baltimore with the Ravens, a former special teams coordinator. You don't have to have the offensive background to have success. Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Mike Vrabel in Tennessee with the Titans. There are plenty of other examples of it not of it working without an offensive-minded head coach. I know everyone's all hot and bothered over Ben Johnson. Everyone thinks he's the next big thing. Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator in Houston with the Texans, going to garner a lot of attention. The OC in Miami, going to get a lot of attention. Just the way it goes, it's fair. But man, there are a couple of defensive coordinator candidates that I would make my head coach. Dan Quinn in Dallas, if he becomes available, is somebody that I would pounce on. You pair him up with Eric Bieniemy, you let EB have complete autonomy of the offense, and then Dan Quinn leading this thing, he took a team to the Super Bowl. So that's just how it is, man. It's where we go. That's the possibility. You don't have to have an offensive-minded head coach. I look at 
Brian Flores in Minnesota with the Vikings, someone I would be totally comfortable with, letting him come here, be the head coach, and let Eric Bieniemy run things offensively. Brian Flores doing a lot with a little down in Minnesota in terms of what they're doing defensively. He's aggressive, he blitzes, and he's young enough to where he can relate to the players. And I think that relationship element of it is huge. Because if you can't relate to your coach, and you feel like your coach has no clue where you're coming from, it's hard to play for him. It just is. That's why I think D'Amico Ryans in Houston is doing so well. He just stopped playing within the last seven, eight years. He just got out the fire. He knows what it takes. He's got pedigree. I don't know, man. I want to take your calls, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Would you be opposed to the Josh Harris ownership group hiring a defensive-minded head coach? I want it because I want to keep EB and Sam Howe together. What would be your reason if you're okay with it? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Man, Chris James tweets at me and says, wouldn't mind seeing EB get a head coach, coach position here if he can develop the run game more and not throw as much on third and short. Agree with you. We can't have Sam learn an entirely new system all over again and stunt his progression. That's the big part of it to me. I want to go out to the phones, though. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Telly is out in D.C. What's going on, Telly? Telly. Phone popped up. Yeah, what's happening? What's going on, man? How are you? Man, I'm cool, man. Um, so I'm 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 off of of hoping that somebody has changed the way that they are. You know what I mean? E B shown who he is. Uh, if 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 he was to become head coach or what have you, or he got full control of the offense like he do now. I don't, ain't nothing's going to change. The offense is going to be the offense. But what I do want is an experienced coach to come in here from an experienced GM football guy that recognized that, that takes care of his side of the ball. You got a coach that's offensive-minded, let him be offensive-minded and control that side. If he defensive-minded, let him control that side of the ball, man. I'm not going off of, oh, yeah, let's let's give a note. This, I've been screaming. I've been here for years. People been talking about, oh, let's blow this thing up. Well, this is an opportunity to blow it up. Yeah. So let the, let the GM pick his staff, pick his coach, and let them gel together. Let them men together. It'll take two, three, five years for a team to get together in the National Football League. We, we have seen it time and time and again, man. So let, let blow it up. And get, let the new regime handle their business. Hell the risk, kids, Bubby Bees. I appreciate the call, Telly. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister Lounge. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Question simple. Would you mind if the Josh Harris ownership group went out and hired another defensive-minded head coach? We saw the way it just went with Ron Rivera, but I feel like this time around... It's a little bit different. You may already have your quarterback OC combo in place. We didn't know that when Scott Turner first took over. As we sit here now with five games left to go, if Sam Howell on this offense continue to take steps in the right direction down the stretch, would you be okay with hiring a defensive-minded head coach and then allowing EB and Sam Howell to continue to gel with this offense while adding uh, major personnel this offseason via the draft and via free agency. Let's go to George in Centerville before we hit the break. What's going on, George? I I don't – hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, George. How you doing? I don't know what you're talking about. We had a defensive-minded head coach. Ron Rivera was the defense. We had Jack Del Rio, the guru, you know, the juggernaut, you know, from the old-timers. You know, defense, defense, tough ass. But, I mean, and what do we do? We did nothing. Yeah, because you already, because we, your we head coach was also with, the damn with, GM, George. Has nothing. They didn't not work here because Ron's a defensive minded coach. Oh, don't give I, me that. I, I get you, but you didn't you didn't talk about the GM. I think the GM's got to go. If, but, if you know, you don't, you don't think that you don't think that goes guy. without saying, George. I'm sorry. You don't think that goes without saying, George, that the GM has to go? Of course, the damn GM has to go. What are you talking about? 
Yeah, but, I mean, you know, you're talking about having a defensive-minded coach. We had one. Yes, I'm talking about having a defensive-minded head coach so you can keep the offensive structure the same. Are you with that or are you against that? Oh, I don't have a problem with the offensive structure. I agree with you. But, you know, our defensive structure right now is pathetic. So I don't care who we get. It doesn't have to be a defensive-minded head coach. I just need a head coach that can control the locker room and keep these guys playing for them. George, that's all, that's my only point. George, I appreciate the call as always. Jared, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. My answer will be yes and no. Yes, if it's Dan Quinn or someone who had experience, especially when you look at Dan Quinn, I mean, he's been in the Super Bowl with uh, Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. So I wouldn't mind. I'll take him any minute. But if it's a new defensive coordinator who has not been a head coach, Before. if this is his first geek, then I don't know about that. Some other candidates I had, Jared, Jared, I appreciate the call. Some other candidates I was talking about, Raheem Morris, he's been a head coach before in the National Football League. He's someone that I think is really going to be highly sought after this offseason on Sean McVay's staff. I look at Brian Flores in Minnesota, their defensive coordinator. He also uh, has been a head coach before with the Miami Dolphins. His uh, legal issues with the National Football League and that lawsuit that he has, I think, uh, will damn sure influence whether or not he gets a head coaching job uh, here in this next cycle. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll switch gears here a little bit, top of the 8 o'clock hour. Our pal Josh Robbins set to join the program. Uh, He covers the Washington Wizards for the Athletic. The D.C. family playing better basketball as of late. They suffered a tough loss last night in Orlando. We'll recap it all next with Josh Robbins from The Athletic. You're on the fam. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.